You're listening to Amphibicast. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, if you're listening, this is part three of the ongoing series that has been focusing on Tesoros de Colombia. And uh, we've talked about the past, we've talked about the present, and in this episode, we're going to discuss the future. We're going to talk about what the future holds for really everything related to Tesoros and Colombian frogs and the trade and whatnot. And uh, I have uh, Ivan on the, on the line again. We're going to conclude with part three. And I also have Michael Heinrichs, who's also involved in some of the efforts that are underway for the future. And we're going to talk about everything that, that comes up. I've got a whole long, great big long uh, grocery list here of stuff that we're going to cover. But uh, of course, before we get into that usual stuff, thanks to everybody for the support on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, got a great rating on Spotify. Always appreciate that stuff as well as the Apple uh, Apple Podcast reviews. And if you're looking to support the show, some great ways to do so are as follows. Uh, of course, consider becoming a patron on Patreon. I have a five dollar a tier, uh, excuse me, five dollar a month tier, which is the most popular. That'll get you a shout out at the beginning of an upcoming episode. And uh, there's also the merchandise. I've got t-shirts, I've got stickers and things like that. Uh, if you guys want to get some cool frog swag, go check out the merch shop. And you'll also find a link in the uh, link tree to uh, In-Situ Ecosystems. If you're interested in purchasing an In-Situ Ecosystems vivarium, you'll get a 10% discount as a listener if you make your purchase through the link in the link tree. And uh, other than that, um, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed the last two episodes. If you haven't had a chance, go back and catch up on one uh, part one and part two. Uh, I'm back in my normal recording space again, so I'm hoping we've got the best audio that we can get. And uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. Um, Michael, Ivan, how are you guys doing tonight? Thank you for uh, being with me again. Hello, Dan. I'm, I'm happy to be here again. Thanks for the invitation. Happy New Year, Dan. So uh, great to be here. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And um, I've got so many questions that I want to ask about a long list of things here. But um, uh, Michael, I was wondering, you know, maybe uh, you could tell us a little bit about yourself um, for the listeners, maybe introduce yourself, give everybody kind of an idea of, um, you know, who you are and how you became to be involved in, uh, in Tesoros and um, well, what's going to be coming up is the Active Conservation Alliance. How did you, how did you get into this whole uh, universe? Yeah, so I think I, I probably got into it the way everybody else does at some point in time at childhood. And so uh, it, indirectly at that time, obviously. So uh, I, uh, I was really big into the um, uh, herpetoculture hobby uh, back in the 70s and 80s. I uh, was uh, probably the first or second breeder of most of the Felsuva species that were uh, available at the time, as as you know, many of those species were discovered after the 70s and 80s. And uh, but you know, most of the large form Felsuma and uh, many of the small form Felsuma, uh, which is kind of unique at the time because uh, Madagascar was a communist country, and trade between Madagascar and the United States was uh, completely shut down. And so I had the good fortune of uh, being of German origin and uh, was able to work um, closely with a number of folks in Germany and uh, build a, a really nice Felsuma collection as a result of those relationships. And uh, I also really loved um, dart frogs and, and uh, actually Mantella as well. I uh, was one of the first people in the country to have Mantella, Arantiaca, and uh, Kalani and a few others. 
And so, uh, but uh, I really loved dart frogs. But as you know, uh, at that time, you know, our ability to keep them successfully in captivity was very limited. And so really, you know, you know, while, while, you know, I had many different, you know, redheads and lamini and telopus various, as a matter of fact, and um, actually imported Azurius back in 88. Um, you know, they, it was just really hard to keep them alive. And so, um, you know, as things went, uh, my, my career progressed and uh, my family progressed and I left the hobby uh, back somewhere around the um, early 90s and uh, focused on career and family. And then a couple of years ago, I was uh, tooling around uh, the Internet and uh, found this really cool a um, couple of videos on dart frogs. Uh, I think Troy was responsible, Troy Goldberg, and, uh, and, and realized that, wow, this was something that would be really fun and I would really love to do because I always kind of kept my foot in it one way or another. And uh, so, you know, got back started and uh, the rest of it was just uh, really a fortuitous uh, series of meetings that we'll talk about a little bit later and so um you know it, it just love the hobby and love the folks that are in it and so very excited to have the opportunity to participate and really focus on um you know what i consider the most important part which is really you know focusing on how we maintain the the, the species in their native environments yeah the herpeticulture world is definitely um it's definitely a wonderful place. So, I mean, for our discussion tonight, we've got so much. Um, let's start with this. For the, for the future, moving forward, building a sustainable infrastructure for conservation. What does that mean to the two of you? What's going to be involved in infrastructure for conservation? And how effective and sustainable is the current process to support conservation efforts? Can you get get us into that tell us about the the nuts and bolts of how you physically build something like that yeah well i'll i'll, I'll take a, a a shot at just kind of an introduction to the construct there and uh you know in in short you know i mean we're, we're there's kind of a contemporary scenario that you know i kind of want to build an analogy to it's not um directly an analogous but it, it it does have a critical point and you know from my business background and healthcare background i know that you know a process is only as good as a system that supports it and you know we know that you know most recently over the holidays you know there is a, a an airline that you know i don't think any most people that consumed in that particular airline um, would have said you know geez this is this is an unsustainable scenario that they've got going here. Um, you know, most people got on the plane, got off the plane, everybody was happy, um, really wasn't uh, a negative impact. Um, and then all of a sudden um, something changes, you know, a series of things change. And um, the end result is, is that, you know, the whole process collapses. And so, you know, when we look at conservation and we look at, you know, the tremendous efforts that Yvonne and um, the team at Tesoros and uh, La Reserva Biopark have put together, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, the question becomes how sustainable uh, really is that? 
And um, so, you know, the, the, the challenge is, you know, how, how sustainable is the system and the infrastructure that was, was built or has been built to really get these initial toeholds into conservation in Colombia and other places. So, you know, with, with that, I guess, uh, you know, attempted an introduction, I'd, I'd throw it over to the fence and ask uh, maybe Yvonne to add some color to that. Yeah, well, as, as, as we were discussing in the last episodes of the podcast, in the last two, two uh, episodes, we were, we were uh, discussing how hard it has been to, you know, to create uh, not just a project uh, to protect some of the most endangered uh, poison frog habitat in the world, but the idea of, of you know, creating a whole community of people supporting those those uh, communities that are living there in the wild, there in the forest, where where they are surrounded by this last population of wild frogs, endangered frogs. We were we were discussing um, some months ago with Michael on how to you know make this uh, uh, initial effort that the Soros uh, is 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 funding and promoting to become you know a reality to become a solid project for the future in which we can protect these these jewels in the forest. Also, uh, I was uh, discussing with Michael. The, the 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 work that the La Reserva Biopark Foundation has been done, doing for more than a decade, you know, helping uh, educate hundreds of thousands of visitors and saving and rescuing and promoting the welfare for hundreds of uh, wild animals that are rescued by authorities here, and also the, uh, the all the the experience that have gained in the last uh, 10 or 12 years doing habitat restoration with the Andean forest, which is a, is a very endangered ecosystem. So we were discussing about, you know, doing create or creating the tool for going one step ahead. And then from there, you know, having the support of hundreds of th or thousands of people we can, you know, make this dream, this dream come true. As as as, uh, as I, I said in the last uh, episodes, we we are on a crisis uh, here in Colombia. You know, one of the most biodiverse countries in the world, probably the 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 the, the most biodiverse country in the world per square kilometer or square mile, uh, is losing hundreds or thousands of populations of frogs or, or amphibians every year and this is a crisis that is that is going you know silently and as people that really care about these groups of animals we definitely we we, we should get together and act and uh, and i you know the best way to do this is in a way in which some some people will lead some people will manage to, to have the impact uh, the actions should be uh, taken and some people will, you know, support. That's the best way uh, to do it. And, and the foundation will be, you know, perfect for this, for this, uh, uh, for having these goals uh, achieved. 
Yeah, if I could add on there, uh, yep. just to just add some color to that as well, Ivan. You know, the the one of the big challenges right now is that you know so many people in the hobby uh, see and are uh, you know blessed by the hard work that Ivan and his team have done, and and get the joy out of keeping the frogs and and learning more about um, you know indirectly or directly, right? Learning about the frogs. I uh, recently have seen that, you know, a couple of uh, individuals, hobbyists have been down in Colombia, and, you know, that that was spurred on by their uh, interest in the in the hobby. And so, you know, when you when you think about it, though, all of those efforts and those projects that uh, Yvonne and his team have um, uh, pursued, they're, they're really pretty much dependent on a, a single point of failure, right? Um, you know, basically, Yvonne has led this process uh, through lots of hard work. And, you know, the last uh, two um, uh, podcasts have, you know, outlined and highlighted that, no doubt. And so when we look at this moving forward, um, you know, one of the things that is really important is, you know, for sustainability is it really needs to be more than Yvonne. Um, you know, there, there needs to be, you know, other support in this process because, you know, if tomorrow um, Yvonne needs to focus on things, you know, other than, you know, the projects that Tesoros and La and La Serva uh, Biopark have started, uh, you know, then what happens to the efforts that they have undertaken to date? And, um, you know, did they start dwindling away? Did they start failing? Um, and, you know, more importantly, you know, what happens to the projects that could have been? And so um, with that in mind, you know, when we look at sustainability, uh, we need to look at having a more robust and complex system to support the process of conservation uh, in Colombia and in other places in order to be able to have the opportunity to, you know, have a hobby uh, or enjoy a hobby more robustly than we we have now. So uh, with that said, uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, commendable all the hard work that Yvonne and his team have put in. And, uh, you know, uh, this is just uh, extending that effort and creating a more sustainable long-range process. When you say a single point of, of failure, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like what, what would be something that would be a substantial obstacle that might impede the success of this type of endeavor? Well, I, I think the, 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 when I talk to the single point of failure, what I mean is, is that, you know, whether it's Yvonne or Yvonne and the team, um, you know, right now, uh, all of the efforts in the projects and uh, the like are dependent on funding from Tesoros, as an example. And so that, that funding, um, if that funding goes away for whatever reason, and there could be, you know, lots of reasons, um, but if that funding were to, to dissipate or go away or dwindle, or you know, get it cut in half, then the projects themselves are at risk, and uh, you know, and if the leadership, um, you know, for whatever reason goes away, the way I the way I explain it to my staff is, uh, uh, you know, if a process is dependent on Joe, 
and uh, you know, walking home from work tomorrow, uh, a bear falls out of a tree and Joe doesn't come to work tomorrow, um, you know, how sustainable is that process? And I think in some regards, there is an analogy here in the sense that, you know, if Yvonne's focus is taken elsewhere, then at, uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, how sustainable is, are the efforts um, moving forward? So uh, creating a, a foundation to support the efforts that are going ongoing in Colombia and other places is uh, one way to bolster and improve the sustainability of the efforts that are underway and future efforts. Well, it's definitely a good point. I mean, I can attest from from personal experiences. I definitely know what happens if uh, you know you're the only person responsible for something, and something happens to you. Everything just everything goes to hell. And it's interesting when we talk about, or maybe this is just my interpretation of how I guess the public proceeds that the term sustainability, there's a human element to that as well. And you make a very good point. If, if at anyone in this chain who was responsible for a substantial amount of, of, of the work involved, something should happen to that particular person, it could be catastrophic. I mean, forget about all the work that's gone into it. You take out that one person and then, you know, every, 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 everything's gone to hell. I mean, I, I can't even imagine I mean, to, to, to mitigate something like that, though, you talked about forming a foundation. And in particular, your, your foundation that you're developing is the Active Conservation Alliance, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, Vaughn, you want to tell us? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, we have uh, this idea of creating a foundation in the U.S. in order to to get support to to you know to make it solid you know the, the the permanent support for these projects that we have created here with the help of tesoros and that we have been funding with the help of the buyers of the of the hobby uh, uh, you know that have been you know supporting us for for years and uh, i think this this active conservation alliance has the the mission of course to to help create a different future not just only not for for the frogs that live in in the in the in the tropics here in Colombia, but I mean for our own welfare because everything everything is connected as you know we now we know that everything that you do in the tropics of the planet is going to be uh, uh, is going to have an impact everywhere in the planet. So we want to you know to promote. Uh, the conservation of of all ecosystems here in in Colombia, also to promote restoration of the ecosystems that have been de been destroyed in the in the last two hundred years, and also we want to help people to to have an income, but in a sustainable way. We want to to promote sustainable uh, uh, projects that will look for the welfare of the people living in communities where where uh, the biodiversity is high because we don't want to 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 you know impact the natural areas without helping the people that are over there in in other words we want to support people to become conservationists where uh, where they live because it's easier and 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 is is completely proved that if you help people, you know, to protect their their, their surroundings, it's more uh, uh, 
positive of you know just create reserves or, or create areas just for the wildlife without having in the, the the local people in mind i mean we have been doing this with the soros uh, uh, funds for uh, several years now and we have several communities that are doing doing uh, their conservation um uh, with we you know we with, with great impacts in terms of you know protecting the last uh, populations of some frogs that are really really endangered here in Colombia and it's been really so easy to you know educate these these persons to to uh start dealing with their own uh, uh illusions perspectives wishes that is that they will easily be uh, uh, convinced that the best way for them and for them to get better welfare is to start dealing with conservation. You know, we have been here in Colombia, you know, uh, uh, in a uh, extractivist uh, kind of age for several uh, centuries. Everything must be uh, altered in, in, in a way that the land will provide food and shelter for people but it has been you know in most cases it has been uh, really really uh, deleterious for the for the for the biodiversity because everything must be altered in a way there's only one model to 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 get access to benefits for for people the idea is now to to understand the way the the land, the, the, the ecosystems, the wildlife can join together in order to pro provide people with welfare, you know, with food, with water, with any kind of opportunities that will give them a better way to live. Um, this is what this is all about. What we want to to offer with Active Conservation Alliance projects. These projects are going. Uh, some of them are already. Uh, have already started. Some of them are uh, in in middle of the discussion to start it, but we want to see a future where the um, the ecosystems can be health healthy, balanced, and protected, and also will provide the the human and the wildlife needs. That's the whole idea. We want to look for the balance in these natural ecosystems. We want to save the frogs, we want to save the habitat of the frogs, we want to save the whole ecosystem and we want to protect the people that are living there and that, that are protecting their own welfare while while dealing with the the with, with the balance with their with the with their surroundings. That's the whole idea. Yeah, and, and I'll just uh, add on uh, to that. Uh, you know, I, I think at the beginning, Yvonne uh, uh, talked about the importance of the saving the ecosystem, not just for, um, you know, uh, the frogs that are there or um, for the Colombian forests, uh, but really um, for, for everybody, because those ecosystems are so critical and so impactful. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in Florida. And, uh, and and my dad was a, uh, a for all intents and purposes, I'll call it a, a glorified gardener. Um, uh, he had a great background in horticulture, but but his job was you know a, a glorified gardener, I'll say. And so, uh, but that said, 
um, you know, in Florida, everything grows like crazy. And, uh, you know, so, you know, one day, you know, you've got a cleared lot and two days later, everything is, you know, grown up and or not two days, arguably, but, you know, two years later, you can't even tell. In Florida, if there's a fire, wildfire, you know, a year later, you drive through, you never know. Right. And so, you know, I've, I've experienced that. And then I moved out to Colorado where we have some of these really amazing forests and uh, you, 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 you see that you see all of that, you, you gain the appreciation. Um, but when you go into a highly biodiverse ecosystem in the rainforest, uh, in a lowland rainforest, um, you really gain an appreciation, uh, not just for, um, you know, how uh, complex it is and, you know, how magnificent it is, but how important it is for the rest of the world. And, uh, and so there's not, you know, there, there's, there's many, many different layers to the efforts and the, you know, the, the small efforts to make a big impact. So for, uh, I guess the, the, the word, I, I guess I could like to use here would be a, like a holistic approach, meaning that there's going to be multiple points to the attack, so to speak. Um, and so what I'm, what I'm getting is the, the answer to this is, is to create a foundation for the listeners who, who might not quite know or be familiar. What is a, a foundation in this sense and why choose a foundation to be the platform for what you're looking to accomplish? Yeah. So a good question. And, you know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, everybody can give money, uh, to one form or another. And, uh, and so, you know the the construct of of giving is uh, certainly foundational, uh, a principle in foundations, right? And so, you know, as as we look at it, the the real idea is, you know, how can you create a support system uh, through a proven process that has accountability? And so, um, you know, anybody can basically say, hey, you know, I've got this great idea. I've got this great project that I'd like to, you know, get off the ground. And, you know, can you give me money? And, and, and many times people will. And, and oftentimes people do. And, and certainly I know in the past, uh, Frog Day has been, you know, integral to, to being able to support projects like that. Um, but the, the, the issue is, is that, you know, at the end of the day, is there an accountability process? And so um, through the formation of a 501c3 uh, charitable uh, uh, foundation, you can create a an accountability trail uh, because, you know, for all intents and purposes, the foundation is basically saying to the IRS that, and to the state, um, that, you know, where it's incorporated, the state where it's incorporated is important. And so, you know, they're basically saying, you know, we are doing the following things, education, um, supporting conservation, all of the things that uh, Yvonne just spoke to. Um, and uh, we are doing that in accountable and trackable fashion. So if you want to understand where the money is going, we have to be able to demonstrate that. Um, if you want to be able to understand how the money is being spent and if it's being spent in a way that, you know, basically uh, drives the outcomes that you're trying to produce, um, you 
you have that as well. And so, and I think the other big piece of this is, is that it's done in a way that um, whatever donations are provided to the foundation, they are tax deductible to that particular individual that donated. So if somebody, you know, is in the tax bracket, 20% tax bracket, and they give a hundred dollars, uh, you know, basically 20 of those dollars are tax deductible. And so it's a way for somebody to give more, um, uh, you know, uh, in, and, um, you know, in a way that serves them as well. So I think that there's a lot of good reasons to have a foundation, not the least of which are um, having a way to have a, a tax deduction as well and, and promote giving through that tax deduction, as well as uh, basically having a, uh, a an accountable system for anybody who wants to uh, to give. And in fact, you know, we're currently being vetted by a potential donator donor um, specifically around that. You know, uh, is is this truly a, a foundation? You know, what is their purpose? What is their intent? You know, do they have the infrastructure in place to do that? Yeah, I wanted to add something. Another thing that went into consideration was that uh, the fact that I was personally uh, one of the founders of the La Reserva Biopark Foundation here in Colombia. And I have been, you know, as I, uh, uh, I said, I have been uh, working as a CEO of the, this foundation at Honorem without any salary on it for more than 10 years. And we have achieved a lot of very well, very, very difficult projects. We have achieved a lot of results with with them. And we have the bio part going in, in even after having to close it for 10 months during the pandemic lockdown of, of our COVID-19. So this is this is a good experience in order to you know start this new idea of the Active Conservation Alliance Foundation. And also uh, another experience that I wanted to add is that the fact that we discussed in the last episode about Soros, uh, that the Soros haven't had the, the first profit uh, year with a profit yet. And we, because we have been, you know, investing in these projects uh, as a donation, because we really believe this is the way we have to set an example. And uh, because of this, well, Tesoros have started all these projects just to show how uh, non, uh, a, a, a profit company can become, you know, uh, and to work like a non-profit just because it is needed in order to to avoid the extinctions of the of the whole uh, of the whole uh, of the whole um, uh, the, the the group of species that are the, that are the 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 meaning of having the source around. I mean, we 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 cannot be you know you know we cannot be relaxed, you know, breeding frogs, sending them to another countries while seeing that the last populations are becoming extinct. We have to act, and we, this is why the source have been you know putting a lot of money uh, that, that we get from the, from the buyers into this as a donation. Also, Tesoros has, been, has created a, a good name in terms of what we have been doing and the results 
we have been getting. So this is why in the past, as I, as I said in the last episode, we were uh, we were receiving a lot of donations from people that they they knew that the service was not a foundation. They didn't have any kind of possibility of having any any uh, certification for donation, something like that. But they, anyway, they 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 wanted to donate because they really believe. Uh, uh, on the on the mission, and this is why uh, this experience was also used as a as a you know as a, 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 a as an idea of having the Active Conservation Alliance and bring these 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 supporters back into the action. I'm curious, yeah, and just to trail. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to ask um, about the term active conservation. Like, why go? Why choose active conservation in, ser- in terms of, uh, excuse me, why pick active as opposed to, you know, passive? But um, you, it, I didn't mean to interrupt you. If, you. if you had something else, you know, by all means, go ahead. No, 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 that's a great question. Yvonne? Yeah. Yeah, active conservation. Well, uh, I mean, I have been working with conservation for uh, more than two decades here in Colombia. I have been, you know, uh, traveling to different continents, a lot of countries. I have worked as an international consultant before creating Tesoros, before creating the La Reserva Foundation, La Reserva Biobar Foundation. Well, and I have seen a lot of projects that, that you know, have results and others that, that, that doesn't. I, of course, I, I really believe on passive conservation. Passive conservation, I, well, as I see it, is, you know, you can create a reserve and you just let everything just go uh, in the natural way. You know, if there's a flood or a forest fire or whatever, you know, everything can be affected and everything will regrow. If you just keep the uh, the humans outside the reserve, well, you have some results because you you won't have poaching or you won't have you know people you know uh, collecting stuff that is important for the forest like you know maybe wood or something like that. But I mean, this is the kind of way the 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 the, the human uh, world, the modern human world, have thought about conservation. You know, you just have to keep humans outside. Uh, percentage of the land in the in the in the world, and I think that 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 will you know fit the the common uh, idea of reserving some of the world for the future generations of humans. But I think at this point, it's not going to be uh, enough. At least where I live in here in the in the tropical areas of the planet. Be- why is that? Is because you know maybe. Uh, people that hasn't visited this kind, this part of the world, hasn't seen all the pro- the problems that the the communities face. You know, the, the problems that will uh, include hunger, include violence, include uh, 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 war, include uh, well, a lot of of things that are really, really terrible. And you know if you if you think about you know just creating reserves in which people cannot go and cannot use for their own welfare you are creating more uh conflict in terms of 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 uh you know serving for the for the wildlife so local communities will definitely need to be uh include in this uh, way 
of conservation that we are proposing with the with the Arctic Conservation Alliance. What we want to to do, if you know, to, just to set an example, these people that I'm talking about, the people that you know, will face problems of hunger, problems of welfare, problems of violence, um, uh, the displacement from their own and and indigenous areas in which they bur they was they, they they were born. These people are the ones that really want to you know be be one with the environment be one with nature you know why because they they really depend on the on, on on a healthy ecosystem in order to get all all what they need in order to to you know raise their children stuff like that so this is why we want to 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 talk as an active conservation instead of the passive conservation we want to include people and as an active we want to talk about stuff that is only reserved for uh, scientists that will understand uh, words like re uh, ecosystem and habitat restoration and uh, restocking of, of, of uh, ecosystem with animals and plants that were taken by, by humans or by uh, natural uh, situations. This is, this is the way we, we see it. We, in Colombia, we have you know, dozens of different ecosystems. It's, 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 it's incredibly rich in, in different types of ecosystems. Some people say that there are hundreds of ecosystems here in Colombia. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, you, you get to see uh, the reports on the conservation on some of these ecosystems that are really interesting, like the dry forest, which, is a, which was a huge ecosystem in the Caribbean coast of Colombia and in the lowlands. Uh, uh, Inter-Andean lowlands of Colombia, and you get to see that the whole ecosystem has has disappeared. And that you you get to, you get only two or three percent of the actual ecosystem is 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 is, uh, is not is not destroyed at this point. It's the only thing, the only percentage that that is with us at this moment. Everything is gone now. So when you talk about this, and and you see that th this two or three percent only. Uh, perhaps one percent is protected, and the rest is going to go in the next uh, decades. Then you you start to think what what should be the role of my idea of of conservation. And then the, then you have to start dealing with ecosystem restoration. You have to start dealing with communities working together to restore the ecosystem that is lost because that's the only way. To deal with this, you know, to connect these actual areas that survive our interaction with new areas that are going to be restored. That's the only way I see that we can we can do conservation with people and you know restoring what what the the, the surroundings of what is what is left in so in the case of ecosystems and in the case of restocking with animals and plants, you get to see that some 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 ecosystems that are altered by poaching or by you know collecting some of the plants for the for the for the international market are you know slowly uh, going uh, down because of you know the, the impacts of of these collections have been doing in them like in the rainforest or andean forests um, then you can get to see uh, the, the the whole idea of uh, creating an active conservation is you, that you will have nurseries or wildlife breeding facilities in which you can 
you know, breed frogs or or propagate a rare species of plants and bring them through with that with the help of the communities, bring them back into the forest. It's not just um, as a, a way to you know restore or look to restore the balance at least in a small area, but it's a incredible important educational tool for these communities. And if you can fund for this, these communities will of course uh, understand the value of the of the of the whole ecosystem and and all the actors of the ecosystem. You know the the animals, the plants, and the non-biotic. Uh, aspects of the ecosystem. So this is why we call it active because we want every everybody to to you know to put their hands on 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 the on the re restoration of our planet. See, this is what this is what I this is what I like about you guys. Uh, I find that anyone who has an interest in something, a passion for something, a love for something, regardless of what it is, you're going to want to put resources into it, whether it's time, money, whatever. But you're going to want to see something for it. And I feel like what sets you guys apart is the, the whole active conservation idea is that you're involving all different walks of life, all different people, everyone from frog hobbyists, you know, here in the States and abroad to local people. Because, I mean, like my, my opinion is like if I, if I was going to give money to a charity to plant a tree somewhere in the middle of the rainforest, that's great, but I'm never going to see it again. You know what I mean? And I feel like that takes away some of the intimacy that people want out of their relationship with the natural world. And you allow that to happen by actively involving many, many different groups of people. I mean, for me, that's, I like that. I, I find more value in that than just, you know, donating to um, an area like I've Ivan said that an area that's closed to the public, no one's ever going to see, no one's ever going to go on, no one's ever going to know what goes on in there. I see more value in what you guys are doing than something that would be more uh, exclusive, I guess, in my own, my own, my own, my own crazy way of perceiving things, I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a great kind of uh, segue example there that I think is is uh, really interesting. So um, I live in a community just south of Denver. And, uh, you know, uh, w this is a, a community where there are uh, areas of native forest um, and, and we don't live in the mountains, so we live away from the mountains, but there's areas of native forests. There are greenways between those areas of native forest. And uh, there is a community that is, you know, very um, passionate about keeping it that way. And, um, and, and, and the best example of this is, you know, we live in an area where there's a King Supers down the street and there's a Walgreens and there's gas stations and, you know, all, all of the normal things that you would see in a community. And yet, um, you know, in July, my wife is uh, leaving for work and uh, it's eight o'clock in the morning. She's driving uh, down the you know, street to the major intersection and uh, there she sees uh, a mother bear and three cubs walking down the sidewalk and right right in the middle right in the middle of our neighborhood and uh so you know when you talk about active conservation it, you know it, it it's it's all inclusive it's not just you know we're gonna rope off this corner of the world and you know we'll give so many passes a year 
And, you know, those are, those are very important. I'm not belittling the importance of having passive conservation areas because you do, they are important. Um, but at the end of the day, um, one can enjoy and create uh, active solutions for conservation that don't necessarily require you to, you know, corner off, you know, uh, a million acres and, uh, and, and only limit a handful of people through there. And so, uh, and, and that's part of the foundation. The foundation is creating an accountability process so that somebody like yourself can donate funds and then feel confident and have ways to see that those funds are being used in ways that further and in, in, in the, the importance of what you're giving money for. I also like the way that it, it involves the, the frog hobbyist community as well. I, I mean, I can't speak for other hobbies. I, I mean, I'm kind of in the tarantula world a little bit too, and I kind of dabble in other reptile communities. But the, the frog hobby, particularly the, the dart frog hobby in general, everyone seems to have a very, very vested interest, not just in keeping the things in glass boxes, but also in remaining in a good standing within the, the, you know, the, the greater community of the world, because obviously you want people to perceive the hobby well but also supporting it from where it is because it does seem kind of pointless to value something that, you know, so beautiful and then just not care about where it comes from in the wild. So in terms of the, the frog hobby in general, how is this going to impact individuals in the frog world as opposed to just, um, you know, the way things were before? Well, yeah, I guess uh, I would start by saying, you know, um, we hope it does. You know, we, we hope that it does impact the frog hobby in such a way um, that it's not just the benefits that have been received to date. So, you know, clearly um, the, the work that Yvonne and the team has done in Colombia is, uh, you know, has benefited the frog hobby because, you know, you you can get a, a yellow lemon eye or a red lemon eye or a, a large form redhead or a bacassi or, you know, a red saddle or a yellow saddle or any number of frogs uh, that, you know, Tesoros is uh, propagating and, you know, by, thereby preventing the, um, the exploitation of illegal importations. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I would hope that, you know, the frog hobby would start to uh, take a greater responsibility as opposed to just, hey, we're getting these frogs um, and we get to put them in glass boxes and enjoy them, which, you know, I do too. I, you know, I, I you know, I go down to that frog room. I can't tell you how many times a day, um, but at the same time, you know, taking a responsibility, you know, and, and, and I think that's a natural extension in the sense that, you know, people get in the hobby and then they want to learn more about the frogs and they go to the various websites that, you know, can tell them more and, you know, research and learn more about where they come from and what the natural habitat is. And, you know, compound that with, you know, hey, you know, not only do I, would I like to keep these frogs, but I would like to learn about these frogs. But, you know, now I, I want to give back. I, I want to support the efforts that are ongoing in Colombia and other places to support the 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 environment, uh, the entire environment, and and I'll I'll give you kind of a segue story. Um, I was 
talking to a friend of mine who is uh, a potential donor and um you know it, you know and, and he referred to it as oh, oh yeah the frog thing and and i and i took a little bit of offense and i think he noticed and and he said yeah yeah no no i totally get it he goes if you save the frog you save everything else and and so uh you know that's that's really kind of the the extension of it is that you know those of us in the frog hobby get excited about the frogs, get excited about the habitat in which they come from, and then get excited about preserving and keeping that habitat um, intact for future generations in a way that is sustainable and allows the native peoples to engage in that uh, effort as well and and just thrive from it. And there, and thereby, you know, extending the value of that habitat, not just for the local natives, but also for the rest of the planet. Yeah, I wanted to add that. Yes, it, we need to, you know, get together and, and and do this while while there's still there's still life in the forest. I mean, not just frogs, but people in the wildlife. And uh, to set an example. As I said before, uh, Tesoros has, you know, supported the the La Reserva Biopark Foundation for, you know, for at least seven years with uh, money that comes from 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 the frogs. More than I don't know, forty thousand dollars have been sent to the foundation to to help with the education of more than a half a million visitors, more than five hectares of the endangered. Andean uh, high Andean rain, uh, rainforest, and more than 400 rescued animals, wild animals that were uh, brought by the authorities to be rehabilitated. So that's a, that's that's those are good numbers that that that, that support the, what the Soros have been that have been donating to this to, to this uh, foundation via the offering of frogs to the hobby. Also. Uh, Tesoros wanted to, you know, start the projects because once you start the projects, it's easier to get support. So Tesoros has invested more than forty-five thousand dollars in six uh, different areas uh, in Colombia, in six different departments of Colombia. That we call it departments here instead of states, but in these six different uh, departments of Colombia, with six different. Uh, Communities, we have all already uh, in, invested, as I said, more than forty-five thousand dollars of frog money. We are ready to start in another three departments, three new projects that are uh, not just saving the most endangered frogs of the department, but also helping the communities in there. Uh, with these nine projects, we are going to start the, this 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 year. The support, the, the support from uh, the Active Conservation Conservation Alliance, and that's almost the thirty percent of the national territory of Colombia that will be covered by our projects in terms of helping, you know, uh, the, the communities and the ecosystems that are really endangered. Uh, in the future, we are going, to, of course, to to bring the possibility of working with other countries, but at least we we have all these projects. Uh, running now and, and during this year we're going to have as I said nine projects so so hopefully uh, it will start with something and it's going to grow really fast with the support of everyone.
can either of you give me, um, let's just say a, a projection, um, five years from now, like what are some specific projects you're looking to be involved in in the next five or 10 years? Well, in, in the next five years, we should be, you know, um, at least having the, the opportunity of, of have the, the primary results for these six projects that we have started. Uh, some of these projects have to deal with uh, education for conservation, ecotourism, um, uh, habitat or ecosystem restoration. And in some cases, we are we are looking to to support ec uh, sustainable economics on this on these communities. For example, we have been you know helping um, a community located in the Tolima department in Colombia, uh, where the and innovators. Uh, Darius Anthony and Tolimensis live. You know these are two endemics, two endemic species from this department, really endangered. And because of this uh, community that that works producing coffee, uh, we 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 believe that this is the people that is going to protect this 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 last uh, population of these two species because we are helping them become exporters of the coffee they produce they used to have a uh, small production uh, without the quality that is needed we have been investing thousands of dollars or of uh, uh, on increasing the, the quality of the coffee becoming becoming um, better producers uh, educating them about the the sustainability of their uh, activity and hopefully in five years we are going to have a whole town that is going to be producing the best coffee in the world and also uh, the, protecting these two species from extinction. In the in the case of the rest of the of the of the projects, we will be able in five years to have uh, results on not just protecting the species from 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 extinction, but results in terms of uh, the enlargement on the area in which they live. So hopefully, everything is going to be uh supported and we have we will have to, uh, these results to show in 10 years well hopefully these species are not going to be longer endangered and and of course the whole habitat and the ecosystem and all the rest of the wildlife and also the people that live there will be you know more balanced in terms of dealing with the with their necessities without affecting the 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 the, the ecosystem that supports them Yeah, I, you can see you can see the excitement there. I mean, uh, and the potential of of so much, and and the you know when you look at it five years out, you know, uh, and you look at it through the lens of uh, you know biocommerce and and uh, uh, ecotourism and all of those lenses, and and the foundation owning uh, you know uh, properties that are critical to this act of conservation so that maybe they own the runway or maybe they own that patch of you know critical habitat or whatever it is and then you know when you expand that out it, it just becomes so much bigger because it's not just uh the the the, the specific species of frog that lives there but it's also all of the invertebrates that live there and all of the birds that live there and all of the mammals and all of the fauna and flora that are associated with it. So it, it, it's, it's a very exciting project. Also to, to add this, we, we have been requested to, to, 
include some projects that are international. I mean, from Ecuador, maybe Panama, maybe United States as well. So everything can grow in a good direction and in, in everything, you know, we will be uh, dealing with what is needed and how to use the funds that we get. And if someone was interested in somehow becoming involved, like let's just say, I don't know, say I'm an I'm a individual in Colombia and I have a project that I'm looking for support from the Active Conservation Alliance. Is that something that you would consider? Like if someone had a project that he wanted to develop, how would you go about addressing that? Yeah, of course, sure. That's, this, 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 this is what we, we are expecting to happen. At this point, we want to, 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 to fund the projects that, we, that are already running and also, uh, I already have a, a couple of uh, people, you know, reaching out to me and saying, okay, if you're going to do something internationally, we would like to, to, to submit our project that is related with, of, of, uh, on, on the Active Conservation Alliance mission because it is, it is sustainable, it's a sustainable uh, approach for people that are living in, in, in high biodiversity areas. So of course it's going to be something that we want we want to to include in the future, in the near future. Well everything depends on on the response from the supporters. The 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 most uh, the, you know the bigger the support of course the the, the, the the biggest amount of projects that we can reach and support. But yes, it's open to to everyone that thinks that this is the best way to do conservation in an active way. Yeah, and, and I would add on um, simply the fact that, uh, you know, th this is part of the accountability process of a foundation. So, uh, you know, in, in, in our charter and in our bylaws, you know, we had to outline um, a process by which uh, mm -hmm. somebody would have to submit a, uh, you know, their, their app, we'll call it their application for the project. And so, you know, this is another good reason for somebody to feel confident in giving, because, uh, you know, this is not, you know, um, uh, somebody's, you know, good idea, so to speak, this is uh, a good idea that is then vetted and funded and followed up on to, you know, basically support the outcomes that are being sought after. That's amazing. Well, we're kind of at the end, and um, I wanted to give both of you a chance, anything else that you wanted to end on, and specifically, um, uh, I want to include some links in the show description for people to be able to follow and to find out more information and be able to donate. Um, what would you guys like to end off on in terms of directing people how to how to go forward if they want to become involved in some way or another? Well, I'll I'll just take that one real quick and then pass it over to Yvonne. But you know, we would we would really solicit your support. And uh, when I say your, I mean you know all of the active listeners of Amphibicast and even those that aren't actively listening and just happened upon. Uh, we you know solicit your support not not just in uh, uh, funds, but you know, and that's a big piece. And one can go to our website activeconservationalliance.org and donate there. Um, but also at the, at the end of the day, we want to create a village. 
and uh, a, a village of people who are, uh, you know, participating in the foundation and supporting the efforts of the foundation uh, through all sorts of different mechanisms. So, Ivan, I'll, I'll let you conclude and then we'll go from there. So, thanks. Oh, yes, we are, you know, we are extremely, extremely uh, optimistic about this idea. We think it's the best way to to deal with the with the with the, all the problems that we are facing in terms of uh, extinctions and damage to to our planet. We think that this is going to be uh, there's a lot of 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 of, 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 of responses that we are going to to get. Many people that we are going to reach, companies, uh, organizations that will join to help us uh, become successful on this idea. In, in no time, we want we want to 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 thank you, Dan, for, for having us, for giving us this this space. is is really important for us to you know launch the idea with you. Uh, we know that we are uh, surrounded by a community of people that is completely generous, that will that understands what we are talking here and understands that everyone should be you know committed to 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 help us save. Uh, not just the life of the planet, but to save uh, all all what is good, and 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 this ha has been damaged for decades or centuries of of human interactions. We want to, you know, uh, give a, you know, I want to say thank you to, for to all the people that have been, you know, supporting the Soros, that have been supporting uh, the, the our mission of conservation of this frogs and their habitat. We want to join us with the Arctic Conservation Alliance because we want to be broader and 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 and, and reach the people that is going to be the, the real conservationists in 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 different parts of the world. Um, another thing is that uh, hopefully I I I will be able to 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 give some more talks or through you know uh, directly in, in in the frog day or in through through uh, talks online so we we will be using our website to 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 ask people to join us in these talks and you know understand more about the the projects that we are managing to 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 become a, a, a reality. Thanks to everyone, to everybody, and, and and Dan, thanks again for having us. It's been my pleasure. And I, I want to thank the both of you again for taking the time to talk with me. And uh, everybody out there who listened, I hope you all enjoyed this series. I, I really like doing these, these three, four-part series. And uh, I think that the main thing to take away from this series is that a big component about this hobby is just is involvement in in things beyond just keeping things inside of a glass box. There's a lot of facets that are involved in this, and you know through my immersion in this this community, this this world, whatever you want to call it, uh, I found that we're all kind of in this together. I mean, we all have similar interests. I, I've I don't think I've ever had a conversation with a listener who didn't kind of agree with a lot of the stuff that's going on. Um, that we discussed in this episode. So, um, you know, for all of you listening, I, I would encourage you to get involved in, in one way or another, because it is your way of giving back to something that we do take a lot from. And, um, you know, again, I, I hope that everyone was able to take away um, the, the 
importance of this type of work and the amount of effort that that Ivan has put in over the past few decades. So, well, other than that, I'm sure you guys enjoyed this one. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. It was a pleasure talking with these three amazing people. And I will catch up with you guys again next time. It's two, It's 2023. We've got a lot of good stuff coming, so make sure you stay tuned.